0: My name is Ty Wilson. I've been a musician for the better part of 20 years. Over that time, I have written, covered, and performed in almost every genre, from heavy metal to alt-rock to country music. I've met some amazing people along the way, and today we're going to talk to one of them. This is Ty Wilson Talks. Happy Monday everybody, welcome to episode number 9 of the Ty Wilson Talks podcast. Just a quick couple of announcements here before we get started. Uh, Firstly, I have three shows coming up this week. Uh, On Wednesday the 25th, I'm at Farm Hill uh, Weddings um, from 6 to 9. And then uh, Friday, I'm in Guelph at Sip Club at 7.30. And then Saturday the 28th, I'm at the Thirsty Goose in Port Hope from seven to ten so if you're in those areas uh come out and say hi uh should be some some fun times there i'll play some tunes have some drinks uh whatever you'd like or you'll have some drinks i will not um but yeah anyway getting into the podcast today i sat down with or last week i guess you know that's uh we recorded it earlier uh i sat down with canadian country singer as well as real estate agent jillian eagle we had a really interesting conversation about um task orientation um time management and then uh, obviously music and how that all gets started so without further ado here is jillian eagle yeah how's your day been how's everything going
1: good um bit rushed I went to the beach today so oh
0: nice (laughs) just got back
1: like half an hour ago
0: that's awesome it was a perfect day for it
1: (laughs) yeah it was nice went to Grand Bend
0: oh that's awesome so is that like you're from Kitchener Waterloo area or what's your like yeah yeah Yeah, so I'm
1: living in New Hamburg but I'm from Kitchener um yeah so it's about an hour and 20 minute drive to Grand Bend
0: yeah i uh, i went to school in guelph and spent a few and lived a few years right. there. so yeah cool. it's a nice it's a beautiful area and uh kitchener waterloo is like the country hotbed in ontario i feel like it's, it's super yeah. popular for yeah you know, for country musicians
1: yeah what yeah. did you you u of g for
0: uh history actually history and a minor in theater so oh cool yeah it was an interesting one i was recording a bunch of music in toronto at the time and so i wasn't really paying much attention to my studies so my parents uh wanted me to get the piece of paper so i was like all right well i'm doing the two things i like and and then i'm playing music on the side so it it worked out
1: that's good
0: yeah yeah so are you are you i I assume you're doing country music um being up there or what what kind of got you into music what's your uh We'll talk
1: about uh all about. yeah so i'm definitely more focused on country now yeah. uh, i've done a whole variety of stuff but since kind of going out on my own country has been my thing for sure uh yeah. but i mean growing up like i was a choir girl like <laughs> i sang in a whole bunch of choirs yeah. uh i majored in vocal at eastwood um for their okay. arts program yeah and um, did a whole bunch of musical theater um Work backstage for some stuff. Like I've I've been part of the arts community for a while. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, since kind of um, writing on my own and performing on my own, it's been country. Yeah. And how
0: long ago did that start?
1: Um, that's hard to say. I guess um, I started doing a little bit here and there when I was traveling. I lived in Australia for a year after high school. Awesome. Um, yeah, so I did a couple gigs there, kind of brought me out of my shell a little bit, but I was pretty shy. Um, and then, I don't know, over the past like 10 years, I've started doing more gigs around here. And um, I've been writing a lot more just since the pandemic. Right. Um, like I used to write, but I never showed anybody any of my stuff or finished it, really, I just have like a binder full of half written stuff um which I know the struggle
0: okay. I know the struggle yeah yeah
1: yeah so i've i've gone back to that old stuff and um sort of started reworking it um but since the pandemic i just i don't know i guess i just got some imp- inspiration and actually finished a whole bunch of songs and now i want to um get it produced and recorded and get more into it
0: that's awesome yeah, yeah. i uh I definitely started writing more myself in when the pandemic happened um, for years. I, so I, I wrote music like professionally in Toronto for a few years uh, as a studio writer. And then um, I had a record came out that didn't do very well. And I kind of like, I moved out West for a bit and I stopped writing completely. And I was just playing a cover like cover shows so like you know acoustic like bar gigs and all that kind of stuff and then when the pandemic hit actually one of the producers from down in that area sean moore uh reached out and it took him a a year of him being like hey we should write together hey we should write together hey we should write together for me to finally be like okay fine let's do it and um uh yeah finally he uh um he convinced me and we started writing and i was like i was hooked again i fell back in love with it and
1: Yeah. I've been chatting with him a little bit too and he's connected me with a couple of his writers and yeah, yeah, it's been it's been good. The pandemic has actually been good for connecting with more musicians too. Right. Um I feel like there's just more access at my fingertips now than there was before, or I just didn't know what paths to take before. Right. But now it just seems so much more accessible and
0: Yeah. It's I mean Zoom has just made everything so much easier right like it's uh you know for us to just have this conversation that's wasn't the case or wasn't necessarily what people wanted to do like two years ago and and now it's
1: now it's the norm
0: all the and everything is like so accessible with 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 zoom and everything like that that you know maybe you don't get as much of the personality as you would in person but it's still you know for for writing and everything like that you can still come up with some great material yeah. This way, yeah. Give me yeah. one second. Sorry, I'm on call for work and I just got to grab my other phone. Sure. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> Sorry about that.
1: No worries.
0: I can, uh, I can edit that all together.
1: Where do you so, work now?
0: So I am a water systems manager. So small drinking water and wastewater systems. I work for a company called Clearford that basically um, we fix, maintain... Uh, and document, manage water systems for places like trailer parks or small resorts or communities. Basically, anything that's not on a city water system, okay. we handle and make sure they have clean drinking water and their wastewater systems working correctly.
1: Okay, cool.
0: And you're a realtor. I yeah. So I actually, that was one of the things I wanted to ask you was um, because for myself, time management is so crucial and key for me being able to mm-hmm. play. Like I work 50, 60 hour weeks and then I play music for three to four hours a night, like on the weekends and stuff like that. And so I'm one, I just, I want to know what, like some of your tips and tricks and like the best things you do to keep everything, keep yourself sane because I I know real, being a realtor is nuts. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, there's no day that's the same as the next, like it's just always different. So you really just have to get used to not having a set schedule and um, I'm still like I'm working on balancing my life a little more um, I'm a little bit of a workaholic I work like crazy um, and I have a three-year-old son at home so like there's a lot to balance with the music and the right. real estate and my son and then I also still serve at a restaurant once a week Oh <laughs> so, man. yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but i make it work i mean i love my google calendar
0: (laughs) that's i was gonna say i live and die by my calendar that's the only way i get by it's like if it's not penciled in i'm gonna forget about it i'd like every day every day i check it and i'm like okay what am i doing today what am i doing this week like if someone's asking for a date to to like for me to play music or whatever it's like oh shit like let me check let me see what's going on yeah
1: yeah Yeah, exactly like sometimes just The smallest little things. I'm like, if I don't put this in my calendar, I'm going to forget about it, even if it's like just a task I need to do around the house or something. Uh, But yeah, sometimes you even have to put like, stop working, like, eat lunch, (laughs) you know?
0: I, so i do that i actually pencil in or i'll like document like okay you're gonna watch a movie this from this hour to this hour like here's where you're working out here's where you're doing this here's where you're sitting down and uh yeah i because if i don't then i'm just gonna my brain's just gonna go like okay what can i be doing now what can i be doing to work i, I feel like i'm i very much relate to the workaholic thing because yeah. i always feel like i have to be doing something or being same. like productive or same and that's
1: know. terrible like I, I need to get better at like me time yeah. and just doing nothing but if i'm doing nothing i feel like i should be doing something so yeah uh, yeah
0: <laughs> i feel useless i mean like it's it's one of those things where um i don't know maybe it's uh just my busy brain um but if i'm like i can barely even like sit and watch a tv show for like a half hour i'm like ideas start coming up and and being like okay maybe i should maybe i can do this or maybe i should start writing this or like i'll get song lyrics or something like that in my head and
1: yeah and that's like an entrepreneurial thing too it's like okay yeah. my business is is calming down a little bit what's next what am i gonna do next how yeah. am i gonna enter business like
0: yeah. just
1: always it's, it's exhausting i don't know
0: it is it is no, 100%. It. <laughs> i have no idea my uh Because it's at this point, the winter is a very, um, or sorry, the summer is a very busy season, especially for myself, and it is in both of my businesses. Like, music is, now that COVID is letting us, like, you know, play in restaurants and everything like that, but patio gigs are abundant, Um, indoor gigs, and I feel like everybody, you know, wants that outdoor acoustic live music feel, which is what I... I do on the on the side instead of especially with writing my own music, but then like I'm working 50 hours a week or 60 hours a week with my regular job, so I'm just I'm like into the burnout phase of (laughs) of of my year, and I'm like yeah, I'm like one more more month,
1: take a bath, go to the spa, I don't know, whatever you do.
0: (laughs) I live I live on the lake, and so I try and like sit on my deck and um i bought two years ago i bought a an 800 square foot cottage that was a three season and i've i've done the renovations to make it a four season and yeah. it's on rice lake and so that's like i try and sit out on my deck and i try and relax and i don't that's drink good. i don't drink anymore so i drink like my fake beer and uh hang out with my dog and <laughs> that's, yeah. yeah that so, sounds awesome yeah yeah it helps out um and at least i get to have like a little bit of a a low key, you know, yeah. relax and.
1: That's relax, one thing so. about being in, Kitchener Waterloo. Like we're so far from any body of water to just be able to. Relax on the water. Like it was yeah. an hour and twenty minutes just for me it's to get to the beach today. Yeah. 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 I feel. Amazing.
0: I feel like yeah. I'm very lucky because the kortha Lakes. Like there's just so many lakes around <laughs> around here. It's 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 easy to get to a body of water. But, I remember living in Guelph. Like, there was Guelph Lake, and that was like it. I think, unless you yeah. went up to like um, I don't know, Mount Forest or like uh, Kitchener Waterloo, like, you had to go a good distance before you got to like any decent sized body of water. Yeah. It was a little frustrating I don't know, for sure. It
1: is, yeah. And I lived in Australia, and just like I feel like I'm just meant to be near the water. Like, yeah. It was amazing. Totally changes your mindset. And, yeah. move
0: <laughs> whereabouts in australia were you living where you where'd you move to i
1: my, my home base was sydney mm. um but i traveled the whole east coast south coast and up into the outback oh wow um yeah so but i i would always kind of come back to sydney basically every time i ran out of money and needed to start working a little bit then <laughs> <again. laughs>
0: come back work some move move away yeah
1: again, yeah. yeah go on i did awesome job who like they allowed me to actually quit like three times because I thought I didn't need to work anymore. And then I'm like, hey, can I have my job back?
0: <laughs> Turns out I do have to save some more money. So yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: That's awesome. So what did- I got did... like three
1: cakes. It was great. It was what, sorry? I got like three cakes. Oh,
0: three <laughs> <laughs> three goodbye cakes. Three like...
1: going away parties. So yeah. It's, awesome.
0: it's like, it's... she's just going to come back again in a month. I don't know why we're doing this anymore. <laughs> what uh so you said you went over there after high school was that like an exchange thing or that was just something did you know anybody over there or did you like Uh,
1: no I just had a feeling in my gut um when I was finishing high school that I needed to go there I didn't know anything about the place didn't know anybody there but it the whole thing to me was about just going and Mm -hmm. learning as I went and finding my way like I didn't plan anything um i don't know some people like most people would get like a book of all the dangerous creatures and places to go and i just didn't i just booked my flight and then when i got there i found a a hostel and just started meeting people and travel
0: super brave that's that's awesome
1: it was awesome it was the best Uh,
0: yeah Yeah. i it's always been one of my spots that i've wanted to go because uh, i was a huge steve Irwin fan when i was growing up yeah and uh I got like a little obsessed with, uh, with Australia when I was, you know, a very young person, but I haven't been there yet. I got to get over there.
1: Yeah. I don't know what brought me there. Like, I don't know. I didn't know anything. Just it. feel in your gut. You had to go. My high school graduation. I I left literally right. Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: And so I was actually talking on a a separate podcast, um, with Shannon Roselle about, The importance of getting out of your comfort zone, especially as an artist and feeling that like sense of not belonging and finding your way and trying to find, you know, friends or people like music is a very uniting thing for people. So like, I know when I moved at West or any of the places I lived in Quebec for a while, um, there was always like, if there was an open mic and I could go to the open mic, I would make friends. It was, it's, it's such a uniting factor. Like, did you find that was the case there? Were you playing at all there or like,
1: I only played a couple times and I was Mm -hmm. super young and super shy. So, um, it didn't really work that way for me, but it was the beginning stages for sure of putting Mm -hmm. myself out there and realizing that I wanted to do music on my own and everything. Um, But I think from everything I experienced, um, meeting people and traveling and seeing the world, um, I could definitely tap into all of that now to write my music. Uh, like I learned so much and experienced so much, but yeah, I was like 18. So,
0: yeah. So it's such a, I moved to Quebec when I was 18 and it was, it's, it's jarring, but it's also super exciting. Like it's, yeah everything's new everything you know I, I really feel like one of the most useful things for anyone to do is get the fuck out of their hometown <laughs> when they turn 18 or 19. just yeah. for like a year anything just go and be somewhere else where you feel uncomfortable or you don't know like the customs or maybe like even in canada we're so lucky it's so large that on the west coast life is completely different than it is here in ontario and like
1: i've actually traveled a lot around the world like when i sang in choirs and stuff i would compete mm-hmm europe uh, like i oh, went to Germany, austria spain and france with the philharmonic choir um so i was i was pretty young for those trips but i got a lot of traveling in young um and now now i just want to travel and like obviously we can't yeah. <laughs> really but um yeah i've been a lot of places around the world but not around canada like i've never been to bc oh, i've been to bc so bad um yeah. yeah, it's,
0: it's beautiful. Uh, you might not come back because that's, but it's expensive. So, that, <laughs> so that, yeah. like, that's the i uh, actually heard an that
1: Vancouver is super comparable to Sydney. Mm-hmm. Um, just in the way that the city is and um, probably even like expense-wise, I feel like, They're I don't know, because it's relative, yeah. right? Like you make more there too if you're working. Right. In... Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know, like I was in Victoria and it was it was kind of a, it's a it's a strange place that i call like neverland you know because everybody's very like easygoing and all that kind of stuff there's never really a winter like the, you don't really get snow it's rainy a lot like if you're young there most people just like i feel like the ambition's a little bit lower but people are so much more chill and relaxed and blah, blah blah but and mm-hmm. then there's like the super wealthy that have these beautiful mansions on the ocean and and all that kind of thing so it's it's a really weird mix of like super wealthy older people and then young like hippie-ish i think people it that...
1: would be great to be a realtor there
0: i know a couple of realtors are there yeah. and uh yeah they've done very well for themselves yeah. <laughs> yeah. i should come out there <laughs> yeah it's uh I mean, some of those houses are are, are very nice. Yeah. yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, how long have you been a realtor for?
1: Um, I've only been licensed since November last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I joined my brokerage a little bit before that, like a few months earlier, uh, to start training with them, and because I was still in school um, for about okay. a year and a half before I got licensed. Um, but I started at a very interesting time like with covid and yeah. the way the market is i don't know if you've heard about the market in kitchener like in waterloo region um it's insane
0: <laughs> i would assume it's very similar to peterborough uh, where i am and like it's nuts here the housing prices have have jumped like two hundred thousand dollars in two years yeah. like it's it's yeah. it's absolutely it's insane crazy.
1: and it's just it's such an unbalanced market so it's tough from both sides. Like yeah. it's difficult to get a listing because there's like no inventory, and mm. um, it's difficult to help a buyer because there's so much competition. So, yeah. um, but I I feel I've been doing really well and I'm really enjoying it. So if that's I can awesome. survive through COVID, I think I'm good to go. <laughs> I mean
0: that's uh, that's the test, right? And um, yep. I was actually so I was a sales manager uh, for park bridge and so i was selling park model trailers and um summer homes and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. when covid happened we couldn't i left and i joined this company because i was like oh crap all of my money is commission-based and i don't know if i'm gonna be able to like talk to or sell units to people um and so you got in i got out (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: it seems, a lot of people got out or they took a break like a lot of more experienced realtors that i know just kind of took a break to, like they stepped yeah. back they just wanted to wait it out and kind of see mm-hmm. see what happens but i took it as an opportunity i do like in most cases try to take life as an opportunity and just make the best of it so um That's what I did. And I don't know, with everything being virtual, like it's the same as music. Like I feel like it's almost easier in a sense because you know that everyone is behind their screen and you can network with people. And of course it's not the same as in person, but once we can do it in person, it'll just add to it. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I I feel like if you can thrive online, then you're good, like with scale or with music or whatever.
0: I've always been a very big proponent of the like if you want to survive anything you need to be able to be to to adapt or be adaptive mm-hmm. and sitting around and complaining about your lot or like what's happening or you know things were going really well and then this one thing happened and another not like okay you got to figure out a way around it there's no you know you can't just sit there and you know whine about it just get to work and and make things better, like, there's a way to, to be successful, you just have to, like, like you said, there's, there's new opportunities in what other people are seeing as, as, you know, a negative in their workspace, or, you know, the COVID was very negative. But on the other side of it, you know, we got to see that, yes, zoom is uh, a feature that everybody can use, if you're good with your online presence, and everything like that, you can still have a successful business. And so I think that's something that a lot of people need to take to heart is, you know, if you can adapt or teach yourself to be to be a little more optimistic or uh, adaptive of a situation, then you know, you can still be successful. There's no, there's no rules here, you just make your own way, you can figure it out.
1: Yeah, exactly. And oftentimes, you'll look back and something that you thought was a terrible thing that happened to you, you'll realize it happened because it led you to something better or something that you were meant to be doing. Yeah, there's plenty of situations in my life where I can see it so clearly now, but it seemed like the worst thing ever at the time.
0: Definitely, Uh, definitely. It's, it's all growing, right? It's all being able to take, yeah, like you said, take the negative. And at the time, it's going to suck. But, you know, maybe five months from then, or a year from then, it's going to be one of the better things that happened, or at least it brought you to a direction or a change that maybe you needed that you couldn't see that you needed at the time.
1: Right. And like, some people say it's not happening to you it's happening for you and you you have to look at it it's just a mindset thing right yeah I had a vision board that i made like probably two years ago and things just started coming true from it like it's visualization it's believe; it's believing that you can reach those things and yeah positive attitude for sure
0: yeah i've uh i'm the last eight months, especially for myself, I've, I've really been kind of taking to that. But, um, the big thing for me was like changing small things and that being a snowball effect, which led to bigger, good things happening, like right. changing small habits or having like good small habits. So like I stopped drinking, uh, seven months ago and then I started losing Like I started working out, you know, fifty minutes a day. And now that's all snowballed. Like, um, it's just doing doing the next best thing for yourself
1: right we'll all like yeah, continue to snowball over time yeah don't expect too much from yourself at once because it's not sustainable right
0: no you can overwhelm yourself so easily
1: yeah yeah baby steps for sure
0: yes yes <laughs> 100 so, percent. so back to music um where do you like are you playing again now like is there any what bars are open in like Kitchener waterloo or like is that uh, something you do that you do often or like
1: no not no? really mm-hmm. um the shows that i've done they're usually um for special events uh yeah. or whatever so i've been hired to do like new year's parties or weddings or um i don't know i i put on a show myself um at the restaurant that I that I managed, so I, ha- I packed it out. There was like over two hundred people there. That was um, that was a while ago though, like well right. before COVID. Um, but I don't do a lot of like regular gigging around town. I would, um, I just haven't really. And since COVID started, I've really been enjoying the writing process and figuring right. out like who I am as a musician instead of covering all the time. Yeah. Um, I've joined some contests and stuff just for fun. Yeah. Yeah. You can, so, you can
0: you can push those here, by the way. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> oh well, right now um, I'm part of the opening act contest, um, so I'm competing to be the opening act for the Hollywood Bowl in LA, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, I, that's the only one I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. I I did put an application in for Canada's Got Talent, so we'll see what happens nice. with that. But
0: I um, did that, or I auditioned for that. Oh man, like eight eight years ago with a friend of yeah, mine
1: Yeah, last time they had it
0: yeah was that <laughs> yeah. the last time they had it okay yeah must it. <laughs> Nine
1: years ago yeah
0: yeah and uh i remember standing in line outside and and uh it was an experience that's for sure i didn't make it past even the i didn't yeah i didn't get it to the judges but uh it was still a lot of fun even just the experience because i went with uh, a good friend of mine named d archer who a few years before that had made it to like the final i think 10 of canadian Idol. So, um, yeah. So she was there, and she didn't get passed through either, which I thought was hilarious because she she was uber talented. But, uh, um, yeah, it's, you know that that kind of stuff. It all it all helps out as an artist to just experience
1: and just put yourself out there, right? Yeah. Like, I I applied or I auditioned for um, Canadian Idol when when we had it. I was a little kid. Yeah. I don't remember what year it was. Um, but I got past the first round. Um, I actually, I went in, they had a trailer and it was like five people at a time. It was at Conestoga mall. They had trailers. Okay. A lot. Yeah. Um, they brought in five people at a time. And then we would like step forward and sing our song. So, um, we all went and then they only held me back in the group, asked me to sing a second song. I forgot my words. <laughs> and then they're like, okay you forgot your words we're still gonna let you through i'm like oh awesome they're like don't forget your words in the next audition i'm like okay so i go i I forgot them again in the second one so i didn't i didn't get through the second round but yeah it's all part of the the journey yeah Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, i remember like shaking i played little lion man by mumford and sons um and i remember like i'm not really somebody that gets nervous anymore um similar to you like i i I did theater. I sang in a couple of choirs, um, but uh, I just remember like sm- I feel like shaking through the song, and I'm like, "Oh man, that was terrible! What the fuck am I doing?" Um, but eh, you know what? It is what it is, right? It's, I it's still get
1: nervous, like before everything.
0: I had yeah. my first like set of nerves again um, with this new tribute band that I'm I'm playing with because they're all very very good like well-known musicians and uh and it's kind of like an imposter syndrome where i'm like am i good enough to be here like am i (laughs) should i be singing these songs to these people and and finally it's just like okay no i gotta step into like i gotta step into my power here and just rock this out because yeah you, you can do it man like come on
1: and that's the thing like i get nervous before everything but i do it anyway yeah. I don't let it stop me I just push through the fear yeah <laughs> I mean, it's fine nothing terrible has ever come of it it's just I'm nervous every time <laughs>
0: it's all good things right yeah you gotta as my father used to say to me when I was playing sports it's like it's okay to be nervous but just make it a good nervous like use it use right. that as you know the adrenaline and all that kind of stuff it's...
1: I mean anxiety is the same emotion as excitement so yeah. like, again you gotta shift that mindset yeah.
0: Oh, God, I guess I'm full of excitement <laughs> all, the, all the time.
1: Exactly, me too.
0: Yeah, oh, well. Uh, so what? Uh, what's, like, your favorite song that you've written the last little bit? What are the, the kind of, like, um, what's? what have you been writing about, I guess? What's been, like, going on that you're?
1: So I haven't released most of the stuff yet because I plan on um, recording it. And
0: putting
1: it out but one of my songs i have released like just an acoustic uh, version Mm. of it and uh it's called my glass heart so it's kind of on the slower ballady side of course yeah Um, but i mean that's my favorite thing to write and to listen to um i like the fun stuff too and i know i need some of it sprinkled in there but um i like good lyrics and meaningful songs that can actually touch somebody you know
0: yeah i feel you
1: yeah so this song it literally wrote itself i woke up and it doesn't always happen but i woke up one morning and i had like i had one line just in my head um Mm -hmm. And then in the next, I don't know, 10 minutes, like I ran downstairs, I, I had just gone upstairs, I thought about the line a bit in my head. And then I ran downstairs, and I literally wrote the whole song. I just like wrote it all down. It, it, it never happens that way. But I can barely take credit for that song. So.
0: <laughs> That's, sometimes I, I, I know the feeling, uh, one of my favorite songs I've ever written, the first rendition of it was written in like, yeah 20 minutes maybe yeah. and it just feels like you're a person like possessed it's like i'm not even talking at the moment it's just someone speaking if you're, for just, me you're just a...
1: a vessel or yeah. like, like someone or the universe or whatever you believe is like yeah. trying to show you what you're feeling like something that you might not have even been aware of
0: hundred yeah, percent
1: yeah like as i was writing it i was getting all choked up you know like i'm writing this and somehow i'm reading it at the same time yeah
0: just falls out i mean it's a Do-
1: kind of experience for sure
0: dolly parton i think wrote i will always love you and jolene in in the same day and i think they were both very quick songs being written and it's like okay fine dolly you know two of the greatest songs of all time and you wrote yeah. them basically within like an hour of each other
1: yeah She was on a roll that day.
0: (laughs) She was, for sure. But uh, I definitely, I can relate to um, writing slow songs. I know myself, like, I generally write when I'm in, like, a brooding type of mood. But I also, like, I come from, like, a folk rock background. And that's just, I like those emotional, like, emotionally charged, like, stories that that take you from, um, you know, from a place that people can feel and and really absorb. And, uh, Mm -hmm. like yeah sean or any of my writing partners are like okay but like can we do just not beat one like for one time yeah. like is that is that okay it's like no, but it's i'm only so gonna have songs <laughs> it's
1: so much harder to write happy songs
0: well all me. my happy songs uh end up seeming like really hokey like really cheesy like yeah you know?
1: well because yeah. you like you have to think of some fun idea it's not, i don't know it just doesn't come as naturally. I feel like I, I can't be the only one that feels that way.
0: <laughs> no, I definitely feel that way. Um, You know, but, I try to write a song about, you know, drinking beer or something. You know, those, the general, yeah. like, the, the country, the usual storylines. And yeah. it's like, everyone well, like just sounds pokey.
1: A good example is Motel Flamingo. Like, how, how does someone even think to write that song? You know, like, I love it.
0: Drugs. And-
1: <laughs> Drugs. <laughs> I need to just be a more fun person and go party more probably. But yeah, uh, yeah, I-, I love singing covers of those types of songs. Uh, mm. But I-, I struggle to write them for sure. I'm like, how does someone get inspired to write about that?
0: Yeah, that's where I find co-writing has been amazing for me because I can come up with these ideas and then having another sounding board to like flush them out with is so helpful
1: (laughs) i agree i've only just started co-writing like during this pandemic too yeah recently but it's definitely fun helpful and and the songs come out totally different even if it was fully my concept Mm -hmm. it comes out totally different than it would have if i wrote it by myself so yeah it's just really interesting to see how it plays out
0: yeah it's like i know how i write and i know what style i write in and all that kind of stuff it's just nice to have that other person that that comes in and like a guy like matt teed i don't know if you've met or heard of him yet but yeah nice. he's one of my favorite people to write with we i love that guy and yeah. uh he's one that can just like re- you know reel me back in and be like okay but we have to have like some structure here tyler and we have to like right. this, this, and this like we're not writing a, a rock song now it's it's like, but they're all rock songs, man. Come on, that's whatever yeah. I want. and
1: David Madras. I,
0: I I've written with him too, yeah. Uh,
1: we've written a couple songs now.
0: Yeah, both those guys are awesome. Shout out to both of them. Jessica Soul, she's yeah. awesome too. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Sean actually connected me with both of
0: them. So. so Sean connected me too. That's, yeah. He's uh, he's he's good for that. That's for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I start uh, I start in the studio with him in September and then another couple sessions in November. So I'm excited to, we've got the songs written. What's that? Sorry.
1: How many are you doing?
0: Well, uh, at the moment three, that could go up to five. Don't, don't, don't know yet. I'm having a really hard time cutting songs down or we're having, which is a great problem to have. Like, I think I've written 15 or so in the last four months. Um, and we have some really, really good ones. And so like, trying to filter down into what's going to record well at the moment or be good for radio in six months. You is try to
1: have, do you try to pick songs that kind of can go together in a sense, or do you just randomly pick your favorite ones?
0: So I always have had a – some when I release songs, or at least – when I was writing or when I put together my last EP, I want to have a range of songs that not necessarily are the best ones. It's not going to be good to have three sad songs in a row or like three, yeah. like these three sad songs, to be my singles. So I look at it like the vibe of the song. So right. there's one song that's a really cool, like highway driving tune that's upbeat and a little edgy. And so like, cool we have that there's one that's a very like almost dark but um fun song that i, I hear you know i hear different things that are like gang vocal like things that can make it a little more upbeat so it's not super depressing um me and sean uh wrote that one together and that's that's probably my favorite one and oh. so now it's like okay so i have that one now i have the freedom to go with like maybe i do want to do a straight ballad Or I can go the other way and do like a full, you know, drinking song or something like that. So I try and go by vibe. I don't want to have three vibes or like three songs in a row that feel the exact same. I want to tell a story. I want it to be still me, but I want people to see like the range of what's happening. Yeah. So that's kind of how I.
1: Basically, the same way you would arrange a set. Yeah, or a set. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly you don't want to have two similar songs in a row. You want to mix it up. So.
0: Yeah. And I feel especially with now that you just basically you're putting out radio singles on their own and like letting your babies out into the world and hoping for the best uh, with a good marketing. Um, I think that like I want to start off or like the first one I put out is going to be that driving like upbeat. I don't want to depress people right off the bat
1: i want to you know that's my problem like, lure
0: them into this false sense of like <laughs> no no i'm fun i swear i swear i'm fine yeah, no i
1: know, I know. Yeah. um but then on the other hand a good song is a good song right yeah. like even if your first song is an emotional song if it moves people mm-hmm. then it's a good song and and it might still entice them to listen to more but it's such yeah. a hard call to make right like that first song that goes out
0: um yeah it's again it's i mean and there's but there are different ways like marketing wise that you can have fun with that and you know maybe it doesn't go to radio at first but maybe it 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 hits on tiktok for some reason or another and then like and then it just blows up anyway like there's just so much that can it's it's such a fun thing to navigate now where it's like there's so many ways this can go well but you got to try and curate so yeah that it's you know you give yourself the best chance possible
1: yeah i still have a lot to learn about the whole process but i'm excited I, to it
0: i've been writing and playing music for 17 years now and uh, i'm still constantly learning and doing and and trying to navigate everything like um my first record deal was when i was 16 years old my second was at 23 and like even in th- between those two time periods everything changed and then now between here and my last record everything's changed again yeah. so it's like it's it's just trying to be innovative and trying to get ahead of the curve and and trying to do your best and just writing and putting out good music and, and so doing how the best did you promoted. get the
1: record deals yeah. Like at 16, what did you do for them?
0: So I was in a screamo band um, in high school uh, and we put together an EP and the studio that recorded us um, had a record label called Voodoo Records in Toronto. And so they signed us after we recorded that EP as in a, in a development deal. And uh, within a year of that, the band fell apart. So um, yeah, so then I went to university and it was... Acting, modeling, and then playing music. At that time. Um, and then, was in a rock band that was doing fairly well. Same thing happened. We went and we recorded a record, and the record producers who also had a label were like, "Hey, so would you like to have a solo like deal? Do you want to do another development deal?" And so I did that. And so I was a studio writer in Toronto for a couple of years, and I was writing pop music, and. Um, living there and like doing the broke full-time artist thing. And so um, I did that and it was great cause I learned a ton. Like I think I wrote 150 songs for a five song EP over that amount of time. Like it was insane. And uh, so then released that record um, and it didn't do well just cause it wasn't, it didn't fit any radio. Like it was very like the fray, the script esque. but as a Canadian artist, it's really hard to, if you're not going straight niche somewhere you know it's the the stations are or at least they were at that time like there's 80 percent american played and then there's 20 percent canadian so what you're trying to do is you're trying to write like a four on the floor pop song that they can slip in between justin bieber and rihanna right like it was you're just trying to make something stick that's still going to be you know the people aren't going to be like oh that sounds so much different than this at the time
1: and then on top of that i've heard like even if you make it big in canada and which i guess would be that would equal their 20 percent of the u.s play yeah. um then you move to the u.s and it's like you're starting all over again it's like yeah. you know that's that, what i've heard.
0: that's completely correct um and it it's very dissuasive um especially as a younger artist or at least it was for myself because it was like okay i got this far but then you find out you know um mariana's trench or uh you know bands like that are maybe making six figures a year each like you know and Mm -hmm. and yes the the perk is they get to play music for their living and tour and do all this fun stuff but like they're not rich and famous you know there isn't there isn't yeah. a whole lot of money in it it's you know i
1: mean like they were they're they
0: were huge famous. oh huge yeah they're super famous right but they just <laughs> weren't the rich part that's, that's right. like they were still they were still making money and making a living and by all means but um yeah like it wasn't like you know nickelback or justin bieber who you have to you have to hit in the states or i had a lot of i knew a lot of um friends that were writing like k-pop and j-pop in japan and that stuff and they were making more money off the royalties like for that than they ever were like for anything in canada so it's just our like our population density makes it so difficult to monetarily do much you know like our, our population is smaller than the population of california alone there's you know there just isn't enough of us to and we're it's such a broad you know patch of land that yeah, trying to tour it and trying to do it like you know hit all these big cities, you know, in the states you can go you know, New York, Philadelphia, Washington in a couple hours each whereas you know, it's 2 days to get out of Ontario. <laughs> or
1: Yeah, you're right. Yeah. That definitely makes sense thinking of it that way.
0: Yeah, it's uh
1: It's sad because it's like sad. there's so much yeah. talent here. Um mm-hmm. it's just such a bigger fight to make it yeah.
0: You know? but the you know the upside now is you do have you know things like TikTok or you know zoom or facebook where you can connect with if you get a big enough following they're going to come and look for you like
1: right
0: you know robin Adelini's a good example of that you know f-150 you fucking went yeah. huge on TikTok, and here's the record labels you know it's it's just one of those things if you're very talented and you're prepared and you're and you put it a song that people latch on to, then if you can go viral, as they say, or you can do something yeah. like that, then, um, you know, you don't have to go look for record deals anymore. It's like, if you're good enough or if you're popular enough, they're going to come to you and, and, and that's right. going to be that.
1: Yeah. And she's about to go on tour with Lindsay L, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sure.
1: Yeah. Just from that one song, like, yeah. that's it. She just released her second song.
0: Yeah, my buddy Jesse Slack uh, co-wrote that with her. Um, oh,
1: cool.
0: Yeah, and uh, and it, that's but it's that's as easy or as fast as it can happen. You know, she was I think uh, wait or uh, was a barista at Starbucks, and that yeah. thing went viral. And way you go. It's it's uh, it's so yeah, cool. How quick it can happen. Yeah, we have
1: happening. so much more at our fingertips now, and like yeah. so much more opportunity in different places than we ever could have dreamed of. Like. Not that long ago, you
0: know, <laughs> yeah. you just have yeah. to wade through all the other talented people. Like That's the hard part, right? There's right. so many. Everybody's people. doing it.
1: Yeah.
0: Everybody's doing it. Everybody's trying to put out, you know, a new song. Everybody's trying to, you know, look at me, look at me, look at me. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so I see a lot of switch right now into, you know, people are doing things like Patreon or, or you know, if you have like a thousand to 2000 loyal fans on your end, then you can still you can make a living from it um but uh you know you just need people to like share that song or you know I I'm terrible at TikTok but it's one of those things that I wish I was good at because it's such a like it's it's such a huge um marketing you know tool that
1: I need kind of... to play around with it too I've got like five posts on my TikTok account it's yeah. like yeah
0: Every uh, time I, I'm like, yes, I should do this, and then I, I it's like uh, two weeks later, I'm like, fuck, I did nothing. And
1: I'm like sure it would be great for my real estate too. And it's funny because my like music and real estate somehow just work really well together. I don't, I can't really yeah. explain it, but I feel like if I market myself as one, I can mm-hmm. always then market myself as the other, like together.
0: What's well, it? You're selling your yourself or your brand, myself. right? Right.
1: Yeah. yeah. So that's my brand, I'm the singing realtor. So yeah. that's amazing.
0: <laughs> I thought about I thought about getting my realtor's license and all that stuff and then I was like, oh, I just uh, I would be I feel like I need to be 100% into one thing or 100% into the other. I'm very bad at uh,
1: balancing.
0: balancing that. So like I would over you know, if if, so, if there was a house showing that I had to go to on the on the date that I was supposed to play somewhere, I'd be like, yeah, that's few thousand dollar commission 200 bucks like what (laughs) what do i but uh yeah it's i could definitely see it because you make your own schedule too for the most part for the most part
1: and like you you're always on call but yeah um you make your own schedule but it can be like any time of day so as long as you don't need it to sleep at all then you're good
0: (laughs) i i need to sleep very much i'm (laughs) i'm on so i i'm on call one week a month for my job 24 7 for that full week um and uh this is actually that week so that was my phone rang earlier okay Uh, and uh i have had for the last four nights in a row i've had a midnight 1am and a a. 5am and another midnight call so i've like just barely gotten to sleep got called out had to drive like to a site so three hours get back and then try to sleep for another two or three hours before going to work again that day so yeah. um this week for sure i'm definitely feeling the fatigue but uh it's yeah. i yeah sleep and rest is just so important for i mean even singing like i feel like my voice goes yeah. into you know super raspy dark mode if it's uh, <laughs> if i'm not getting enough
1: yeah for sure so are you gigging a lot right now like every weekend or
0: yeah yeah so i'm usually three times a week um with this new band uh like last weekend we just recorded the epk um down in belleville and then this weekend i'm going up to to huntsville to do the overdubs um but we're every, every two times a week now until we start touring in february um and then i'm playing we Between Wednesday and Sundays, like I'm usually two to three to four times a week gigging. So um it's a lot.
1: That's good though.
0: Yeah, it's great. It's great. It's it's the same it's a workaholic, right? I I just I yeah I feel like if the money's there especially and like I love going out and playing and so COVID shut that down for you know, almost a year and a half. We had a couple pockets where we could go out and play, but I I really uh, you realize how much you take advantage of it when it's not there for you anymore. You know. Do you
1: normally play solo or with a band. Uh, with...
0: Solo. I do have an, another band um, that uh, we just we do cover songs and and we're starting to write just some of our own tunes. But for the most part, I'm one man band. I do you know three to four hour, two three four hour um, cover gigs. I do a lot of weddings, so I'll do cocktail hours or first dances. Like if they want acoustic an acoustic player or something like that. So,
1: nice. yeah, it's... yeah I, I think one of my downfalls um is like, I play guitar, but I'm pretty basic on guitar. Like mm-hmm. I'm a lot better than I was before. And I, I can actually get myself through a gig now. So right. that's, I've started doing a couple things, but um, that's what stopped me before. Like I, I need I, at the time. And even now, like I feel that I need a guitarist at least um, mm-hmm. just somebody that can be there uh, to back me up for sure because like I can get through it but I feel like it, it's just so much better if um, if I had somebody more skilled on yeah. the guitar <laughs> so I could focus on singing
0: I feel I still feel like that like I love having my friends that are much better guitar players than myself <laughs> they're playing <laughs> it's with
1: me a whole other level
0: yeah it's like I'm just gonna sit here and strum chords you guys got the leads don't worry about you know i got my part you just you know do your part and we're we're all good but i yeah, but uh,
1: started doing it and the audience doesn't mind like they don't no. even notice that that i'm not great on guitar i i can actually get myself through the songs now it's just exactly to me it seems basic what i'm doing and hmm. i know how much better it could be but it goes okay
0: i think we're we're our own worst critics too right like yeah you know, i i look at myself or my playing and i'm like oh man i'm like i'm fucking terrible blah blah and then <laughs> and then like someone's watching me and they're like oh man you're like you're so good at that And i was like no, oh, no oh okay yeah you know what i've been doing this for 20 years you're right i'm i'm, I'm okay um <laughs> okay. but that was but that was like i definitely could be better but it's i think we can all just be better all the time at, at whatever we're doing and i was lucky enough that um i never thought i was going to be a singer growing up Uh, I had a guitar, my grandmother put a guitar in my hands when I was 10 and I played bass and like, I was like, I'm just going to be this backup guy that does this stuff over here and, you know, not the star or anything like that. And then I started singing kind of at, uh, like 14, 15 in that first band I was talking about because none of the other guys could sing either. So I was like, well, I'll just like try it.
1: Singing or screaming?
0: I did both. So (laughs) not well, but I did both. Yeah. (laughs) um and then over time i just taught myself to sing and then i took some lessons um when i got signed they're like okay so like you have the raw talents like kind of there but you need to learn how to fucking like actually do this so i started taking some some real vocal lessons and then yeah from there it's just been working on it and getting better and getting
1: better and yeah see it's the opposite for me like i am a vocalist but it's the instrument that And yeah, I've had a guitar for most of my life. Like I I learned on my dad's guitar when I was a kid and I could play a few chords here and there, but then I would put it down for a long time and Mm. I never actually took lessons and focused on getting better as a guitarist because singing was my thing. So now I can play and sing okay enough that I can get myself through it, but I would still prefer to have a band or at least a guitarist with me for sure
0: so what was like your dad listening to at the time what did you know you kind of learn on with the
1: The Beatles and like um Simon and Garfunkel and um he well he played a lot of like he plays a lot of like campfire songs like he's just a fun campfire song kind of guitarist and he just taught me a few basic chords and I played with it um I don't even remember what the first song I learned was but
0: four chords in a dream that's all you need right yeah
1: yeah um yeah and i i've gone through so many different phases of music that i've listened to like in high school i listened to punk and 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 indie and like i went to a lot of screamo shows and stuff five you
0: know yeah emo kids
1: right yeah, (laughs) yeah for sure um but then i i just really got into country i would say when I got back from Australia, I think. Yeah. So I think it was like 2008 that I really started listening to country and getting more into that. So I, I just, I find it really, um, really good for my voice. Like yeah. a lot of the songs, I, I just, they're simple for the most mm. part. Like you can you can make them a little more complicated and, and still show your skill, but um, they're just they're fun to sing yeah. I don't know and and I love the stories behind country music like not the all the party stuff is is fine and fun but yeah. like the the stories that are written in a country song like you can you can watch the whole story play out in your head yeah. and I love that I feel like it's the only genre that you can actually like just picture a movie in your head in two minutes you know yeah.
0: I I agree. And I think that's what, like, made me kind of fall in love with country a little bit later on in life. Um, I grew up on country and rock, but I always, like, fought off the country end of it very, very adamantly until probably five or six years ago. And I was like, I actually really like this. Fuck off. Like, damn it. Just (laughs) allow yourself to enjoy it. Just allow myself (laughs) to get there. And like yeah i'm not a, a huge fan of the of like the bro country as i call it but right. um but you know some songs like austin i don't know like nps if this is austin i still lo- yep. like there's or like anything reba mcintyre there's so many great stories thunder rolls garth bro like yeah all of them tell such a great story and
1: one that that turned me it was tim mcgraw Um, oh my gosh What's the Tim McGraw song?
0: Um, Live Like You Were Dying? That... Yeah, no. That's a big one, too, though. That was uh, like, a... Make
1: you cry. cry. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good Tim McGraw ones, but... Yeah, it was Tim McGraw that turned me over, I think.
0: Yeah. 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 I uh, I also love, like, you know, like Patsy Cline and Johnny Cash and Merle Haggard. Like, those little country tunes, too, are... Have a special place in my heart and uh yeah i mean i just love the the storytelling of country music you know and i and i feel like we're kind of getting a return to that again um thankfully like people like tyler childers or um uh, jason isbell who's a great writer like there's there's lots that are kind of on the fringe that Mm -hmm. that are starting to to make their way into the mainstream which is kind of nice
1: and it's also country is so different now than it used to be like country is a mishmash of every genre now yeah uh, So you can literally yeah. just make it your own and call it country and do like take the best parts of every genre that you like <laughs> yeah and, uh, just sing
0: with a twang that's all you gotta do
1: just you like, don't even need to anymore No. no really true. maybe a little bit but not not like it was
0: no it's uh <laughs> yeah it... I mean, we used to just say that like country is just rock music with a banjo and a fiddle. It's, or like a steel guitar and a fiddle. It's, yeah, you can basically do any any genre with with it now. And like, there's pop country, there's hip hop country. That's now becoming very prevalent. Like Like Nelly
1: and Florida Georgia line. Like that's playing country radio.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like there's just, it's, there's, there's no rules anymore. It's just yourself and do whatever you want. And and if it's a good song or it's catchy, you know, maybe it'll, maybe it'll pop off.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, my biggest inspiration in country is Miranda Lambert now. Like yeah. I just I love singing her music. I I mm-hmm. think that my writing style and my sound is very similar to hers. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's that kind of style that I like yeah, that,
0: house, house that built me is is a huge, you know. Yeah, track and
1: I know, and that was like my staple karaoke song growing yeah. up too. Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean yeah. That's, that's a great tune. My uh grade twelve teacher, when Miranda Lambert first came out with kerosene yeah, uh, I was playing music and and he's like, "You're gonna marry Miranda Lambert." I'm like what he's like i didn't even know who she was and he's like it's gonna happen you just wait <laughs> hasn't <laughs> happened yet my, my teacher one of my teachers is like you're <laughs> gonna get famous and you're gonna marry Miranda lambert and i'm like well i'm still waiting man it's been like 14 years 15 years i'm like
1: <laughs> that would be amazing for you
0: <laughs> hey i mean whatever whatever you can do right but uh, yeah it wouldn't wouldn't I be,
1: just
0: wouldn't be terrible. Too. It's almost, yeah. yeah so i'm a big um uh ship uh, steve earl fan and uh okay. feel all right or feeling all right i don't know if you've heard that song but it's basically kerosene like they're the same song you can tell where she got the influence of it from
1: oh, okay. and I if you lis-
0: mm-hmm. listen to them together and you'll be like oh because she even does his mannerisms and so it's like it it's like a direct tip of the hat yeah really 100 oh percent.
1: yeah i didn't notice that
0: yeah it's uh and so i've been saying that for so long that i've wanted to do a cover or sorry a medley of feeling all right and uh and kerosene together like and see if people notice like if it's if I
1: why don't we make it a duet
0: done let's do it sounds good yeah yeah, yeah
1: it's a great place awesome.
0: yeah because it's uh they're both such fun songs and so yeah, yeah. It'll be cool all right deal we're gonna do it
1: yeah.
0: um my last question this is what i ask everybody what is the one song that spikes your emotions, either like happy, angry? What is the one song that like resonates with you, you know, the most? What is one that you always have like good memories to, or one you know, it could be from your childhood, it could be anything like that?
1: Um, not necessarily good memories, but you named it already The House That Built Me. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah like that song um, was so relatable. For me, from from things that I've gone through, like, um, it just, it, it's my house. I grew up in Salem, Ontario. Okay. Yeah. Um, just a little small town. And, um, every time I listen to that song, I think of that house and Mm -hmm. growing up there and, um, and then having to leave that house and move, um, my, my parents got separated and divorced and so we moved from, from Salem to KW and Mm -hmm. it's a huge big change in my life and that song just i hold it close to my heart so yeah, yeah. you called it already <laughs> oh man like go. yeah awesome. yeah
0: well jillian it was amazing talking to you thank you so much for jumping on this is actually this is a really fun podcast this uh, i think yeah, we had a great thank conversation you for
1: having here. me Thanks of for course
0: of course. Me. leave your um social media ats, and all that kind of stuff this is where you can spit them off and let everybody know where they can find you
1: um honestly i'm just on i'm on facebook jillian eagle music youtube um instagram jillian eagle music yeah perfect that's,
0: nice and easy that's, that's that's it for
1: now but jillian with a, a j more.
0: by the way yeah
1: yeah jillian with a j eagle like the bird yeah. yeah
0: amazing well thank you very much again and uh yeah i hope you have a good rest of your night
1: you too thank you
0: no problem all right that's it that's the podcast I appreciate you listening today. If you could please do me one more favor go to wherever you listen to your podcasts and write me a review or subscribe to the podcast there. It is so much appreciated and it helps me out tremendously. You can also check out all of my socials at Ty Wilson Music. That's Insta, Facebook, Twitter, whatever you'd like. Thank you so much for listening. This has been another episode of Ty Wilson Talks.